Hi, this is Mark Vina with more insights and strategy. Uh, today is April 18th, uh, 2019. Uh, for uh, this week's podcast, I have a very interesting guest. And in fact, um, I'm going to be seeing him very, very shortly in a very exotic place um, in the world. I'm on the uh, line today with uh, uh, Jens Hightecker. Uh, Jens is the executive director of the EFA organization, which runs these fabulous technology events uh, in Europe. I've been very, very fortunate to attend uh, three or four of them over the last uh, couple of years, and they are truly, we'll get into a little bit of detail of that, they're truly spectacular events. But uh, Jens, why don't you int- introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, I'm, I'm running, as you mentioned. Thank you first for welcoming me. Uh, I'm running the IFA in Berlin, or IFA as you say. It's a German pronunciation. It's worldwide the largest trade show for consumer electronics and home appliances for the network live. I'm doing this for now nearly 20 years, starting with a German show, and now it's on the at the end same level as every other global show you know. And um, it's not only that I'm running the IFA in Berlin, we have a couple of other shows in China, even in New York, we have a smaller show, CE mm-hmm. Week, and we're running other shows here in Berlin as well. Right. Well, and, and they're truly spectacular affairs. As, you know, speaking for myself, I've, I've attended CES for probably 25 years in a row. And uh, I have to say that uh, you, you folks have done a spectacular job. It really has almost kind of like a, uh, a <laughs> it's almost like a Hollywood-like <laughs> feeling with some of the way that you conduct the events. And you do it with Thank a lot you. of... I really lot... appreciate this hearing that from you. No, the events are done with a tremendous amount of style, and that's not to take away from all the wonderful things that happen at CES, but uh, the, you know, uh, IFA and even the Global Press Conference, which we'll talk about in a few moments, um, it's in a, in a class by itself, and, uh, and like you said, it's an extremely well-attended event. I know some of the stats you know, that you've published on your web- website, it's been the, 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 um, the, the GPC event has been around for about 12 years, 300 journalists from around the world will be attending um, from 55 countries. Um, there's a number of uh, great breakout sessions where it allows the uh, different companies to kind of present their strategies. Mm-hmm. and their, So it, it, this is not a small affair. And, uh, and what I really hate about the events, um, Jens, they're always held in very, very bad, bad p- parts of the world. I mean, I really am troubled that I'm going to have to go out to uh, Andalusia, Spain, to attend next week's event, so I'm, that, I'm, that's really I wanted to file that complaint with you personally. That uh, that's really a terrible place to be. But um, so let's let's jump into the um, uh, uh, the uh, the GPC itself. I mean, without tipping your hand too much, because I know you like uh, you want probably to be some surprises there for people who attend the uh, the uh, press conference event. What do you expect people will see at a high level um, when everything comes together uh, next weekend? Basically, of course, they will see a well-running show in Berlin. That's that's not naturally given because if you see the the situation in the industries and in the different industries, if you see the situation in um, some countries, it's not easy to to run a very successful trade show on a global stage um, in this uh, positive development. Um, if we look back last year, we had around about two hundred fifty thousand trade visitors, not attendees, is without the, the uh, exhibitor staff. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the difference to, to other trade shows is that we integrate consumers as well. Means one third of these 250,000 trade visitors were from, from the consumer side, 
and the others are trade visitors, more than 50% from around the world, very international. This, mm -hmm. this development, we expect we will continue this year as well. And uh, we see some areas are already overbooked, some are well booked. And uh, I think you will see again a very amazing show uh, with, with the best of the brands worldwide. And to be honest, only one brand we miss or every other trade organizer is missing, that's Apple. All the others you will see here in, in an amazing size of presentation, presenting their most innovative products. And that's the other part of IFA. It's, mm -hmm. IFA is in September. It's the best time to prepare the retailers, the media and the consumers. What can they expect in the most important season for them in the end of the year season? And all these products for the end of the year business that will be shown in Berlin on, a, on the highest level, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the, and I have to ask you this is that because it, it fascinates me as, a, as an American, you know, going to the, the going to this event is that you see some very interesting things from a trend standpoint. And I have to say, and, I, and you and I have talked about this before, um, Jens, is that in many ways, and of course varies from country to country, Europe seems to be a, 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 in advance of the United States in terms of a lot of trends. You know, I mean, eventually those trends will show up in the U.S., but for example, one of the areas that I care quite a bit, uh, quite a bit about is the smart home. And obviously the smart home is mm -hmm. a big, big component of the vendors that, that show off their strategy, uh, talk about their strategies and discuss their products. Talk, mm -hmm. For this year's show, what do you think we, uh, people will, ex or event, what do you think uh, people will be able to expect uh, from, smart home, from a smart home trend standpoint? What do you think, think, what kind of two or three things do you think will stand out? Yeah, I think talking about smart home means very different things. First of all, it's not only the home. We're talking about a connected living, connected devices, connected services, and ubiquitous connected. That's mm -hmm. a very different thing to the smart home alone. Even we call it smart home. Uh, and and indeed, the, the first stage of smart home a couple of years ago was to think twice in terms of installation for a new home or when, whenever you renovate your home. But this, this is not the matter anymore. We're talking about how can you integrate in, a, in the smoothest way connected mm -hmm. devices and services. Means there's no need for installation. Right. And in the best in the best case, the consumer will not realize that he will that he's erecting a smart home or a smart service. He's using that in the easiest way means we're talking about usability. Uh, voice control is a very important part of the smart home, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. How to go through all these menus? You can you can skip the levels with a direct order to do this or this and to control this device, and uh, even if you connect this smart home with your with your car with your smart car uh, your home will realize when you start from your office for going home mm -hmm. and will prepare the home for you yeah cooling down or whatever the, the, um, the, the temperature outside is sure and all this that's the new stage of, of smart home we don't talk about smart home connected devices are the natural part of our living and in the best case the consumer will not talk about IOT will not talk about uh, internet or whatever. He will only use this device in the easiest way he can use. And that's right. the highest level of the connected living. Right. Well, and I think that's a great point in that, you know, today, of course, people talk, you know, for those people who have 
smart home like capabilities in their home they like to talk about it because it's, it hasn't you know become a hundred percent of the market yet but you know but it's kind of like uh, talking my cell phones today people don't talk you know i may certainly talk about oh i got the latest uh, uh, apple iphone or the latest samsung phone or whatever but <laughs> they but they don't but they don't talk about it at the level of you know it's shocking that it's taken over the world and i i think what's happened with the smart home because it's got so many fascinating opportunities for people to really you know extract more out of life and not be not be um caught up in a lot of the mundane things that you have to take care of like turning on the lights and yeah. adjusting your air conditioning and things like and that exactly and on the other side mark sorry to, to interrupt, no go ahead on the other Please. side it's 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 really important to differentiate between if you are a homeowner on the countryside mm -hmm. or if you only rent a flat, then right. your investment is very different. And exactly. if you rent a, a flat in a very expensive uh, metropolitan area, it's a completely different living than outside on the countryside. Mm -hmm. And uh, and this, whenever we talk about whatever the smart solution is, about, uh, about smart car services like Uber or Lyft, uh, yes, this is a very smooth, very smart solution in metropolitan areas, but you're lost with the services on the countryside. There is still you, you still need your traditional car. Mm -hmm. Same thing for smart home. To install smart devices in, in your home as an owner, it's much easier to decide this than to do this in a rented flat. Right. Well, and, and there's one specific area of, you know, called the smart home, the connected home, the way you've kind of... Um, phrase it out and, and, and this is what really fascinates me personally while I've been over there is the major appliance manufacturers like Bosch and others they have spent so much time integrating household appliances into the smart home Now that's happened over here in Indeed. the US but not to the degree mm -hmm. you know I mean I, I mean you don't really hear a lot of people over here saying hey you know what uh, I just got a message from my um, dryer that my uh, my clothes is done. But the, what's really fascinating about what the manufacturers are doing in in Europe is you're really tackling you know really the, the the basic appliances that people take for granted, and they're integrating that and embedding that into the smart home fabric. So let, let's talk about that for a bit because I think that's a fa fascinating mm -hmm. difference between the U.S. and <laughs> Europe. Yeah. They of course, we have seen this, this smart washing machines, uh, yeah, giving you a, a sign or a message when, when the, the process is finished. But it's only one part. The more mm -hmm. important part for the washing machine manufacturers is that they can see when maintenance is needed in advance. Not when, in, in case your, your washing machine is broken, they can see it before and can prepare and avoid right. the machine will broke. And right. for me, the, the most the smartest thing uh, in washing machines, for example, I've seen is this automatically dosage of, of uh, washing powder. Mm -hmm. It's uh, the, the washing machine is realizing what kind of clothes are in, how dirty is it? Yes. What temp what temperature, what color it is and, and what, whatever you need and bring in the right washing powder amount with this and automatically it's choosing the right program for this. This, right. is, this is smart. This is for the consumer. It's nice to see. Okay, I can start the washing machine at this certain time. That's good. But would you invest an amount of money, a real amount of money, in this service, or you think, oh, you can go, you can walk to this machine. That's not worth the money. But additionally, to have these services to make it much easier to wash, in this case, clothes. This is smart, and this is what the consumers 
ready to invest, I'm quite sure. And right. we can see. Yeah, and, and you know, and like you've kind of um, you've kind of alluded to is that there's a green capability, you know, to smart mm-hmm. appliances in that, you know, do you have to use a lot of detergent if you're only putting a few clothes into the into the um, uh, washing machine. There's a, a water totally con- right. there's a water conservation level. Maybe, well, maybe you don't have to fill the entire tank, you know, uh, frankly, to wash the small load of clothes that are in there. And you, okay. you know, <laughs> indeed. Go ahead, we no, please. Smaller, we, have, we have the smaller washing machines in Europe. We, I'm, I'm totally amazed to see a washing machine with uh, two tumblers. <laughs> and, <laughs> and in America, I've seen this. And then that's, that's one part, to, to think in the most eco way on the one right. side. On the, on the other side, if you, if you use wind energy, uh, there, is, there is energy consumption during the day, but not by night. means... If you have the wind by night, that would be good if the washing machine is used automatically during that time. This mm-hmm. is eco-way as well. This is smart as well to save energy on a higher level than in your household. And in the best case, during the nighttime, the power is, uh, is not so expensive or cheaper than during right. the daytime. It means there are so many ways to, to use a smart washing machine. It's much more than to control this by voice. Uh, that's, maybe that's another point. To control mm-hmm. is a washing machine by voice. Yes, it's much easier to tell the washing machine what clothes you're doing in, than you scroll to so many menus and to, to find out what the right temperature, what the right program, and sometimes it's it's uh, you, it's a science, it's a science thing mm-hmm. <laughs> to find the right program at the washing machine. Well, let's actually uh, kind of segue to that in terms of the whole voice, because I, if it was anything like last year. Um, you know, voice assistants have be, have really you know exploded in the marketplace. It's not just you know the um, the Echo speakers and uh, the uh, other Alexa class products by Amazon, but you know, voice assistant functionality is now showing up in everything from clocks to lights to um, uh, uh, even cars and mm-hmm. and all kinds of capabilities. What's your assessment of the um, of the voice uh, assistant category, I assume you expect that to grow, and you know, and, and t- give me a bit of commentary between you know the Alexa versus Google Assistant, um, you know, kind of um, rivalry, and of course there's others like Siri and others, but you know the two biggies, of course, are are, are Google Assistant and Alexa. But give give me your perspective on that. Uh, first of all, for me, voice control is more one of the most sophisticated technologies mm-hmm. at the moment, because we have so many different voices by different humans, different languages. Mm-hmm. And to make to make it possible for technology to understand what does this word this in this language with this expression means, with this pronunciation. This is really a very sophisticated technology that now works. That's the first mm-hmm. point. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it needs AI. Without AI it wouldn't be possible. Right. And and Often enough, if, if you have not the, the most sophisticated um, voice-controlled device in front of you, you can try to, <laughs> to give the right order. <laughs> I think that most of people know this feeling. Right. That's the one point. Uh-huh. The other point is, the other point is indeed, it, it's, a, it's a general technology, more or less ready for every device. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very useful. It's benefiting to more or less every device. Uh, whether the TV or the, the, the computers, you're talking about uh, the watches. 
means it will be a built-in technology in every device in the near future. means mm -hmm. it's a really growing market. Right. The interesting thing is, who's the winner? And that's a very interesting point. Mm -hmm. uh, you were talking about Google and, and Amazon at the moment, the, the, the most important players in the world with this technology, despite China, some Chinese manufacturers. Mm -hmm. uh, but the funny thing is, for them, this hard competition, what's the best strategy to conquer the market? Mm -hmm. Google tried their own way. They have no real devices. Amazon was using the other way uh, to build in their own devices first, to bring it into the market. And in the, in the first step, the, the way of the strategy of Amazon was much smarter and, and more conquering the market than from every other manufacturer or developer I've seen. And that's the real, that's the real differentiation. And for, for Amazon, it means not only that you can control a device, for the, it's for, for the consumer, is it the, the first and easiest experience to use voice control for ordering products online, whatever mm -hmm. it is. And that's the, the, the real gate opener and, and means when, whenever you have a more or less 50% of the households an Amazon device like this, they are mm -hmm. on, a, on, a very, on a very strong side right. to be dominant in the future. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you know, the, and the other trend I think that I am sure, I, I wish I could bet money on it because I would make a few bucks, <laughs> um, that I know that will, very, will, that will, be, will be permeating through the, uh, through the GPC event um, next week is we're going to probably hear a lot about 5G and how that's going to change really the landscape of, um, of uh, the smart home, home automation, and really just virtually about just the way we connect to, to the <laughs> Internet because it's been, you know, it's been huge over here. Samsung, you know, announced their whole lineup of phones with 5G support. Now that Apple and Qualcomm have kind of mm -hmm. kissed and, and kissed and made up, so to speak, and that clear, you know, clears the decks for Apple to introduce um, uh, 5G modems with uh, Qualcomm's technology. Talk to me a little bit. What's your thoughts on 5G, and you know, what what might we expect? You know, um, at at uh, the at the event, and what what do you think um, manufacturers will be talking about related to 5G? Okay, of course, 5G is this technology will be dominating next, will be dominating the next 10, 15 years, mm -hmm. definitely. Um, at the moment, is a chicken egg problem. We we have mm -hmm. seen the first 5G devices. We see the the already started investments in 5G infrastructure. Um, what what we see today is what unlimited opportunities 5g will bring to the connected living mm -hmm. it's it's a precondition for example for the autonomous car for autonomous driving right it's a precondition for for everything in, 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 there, there's a there's a definition for the industry for for connected machines uh, in industry 5 4.0 and for this all 5g will be the the ultimate solution for the next 15, 20 years, definitely. We have seen some big companies in the world will invest in their own 5G infrastructure on uh, their in, in their in their plans. Means, yes, this is talk of the town. This is the technology who, which will be the driver 
mm-hmm. for, for for all devices, for all connected things right. in, the, in the next 10 years. It's right. the one side. Yep. The other side is we are in a very early stage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not only that, that we are talking about the, the small infrastructure or the, the small number of devices. It's really about that for, for the operators and for the service providers, it's very tough at the moment to find the right business models. Mm-hmm. If you go 10, 15 years back with the, the, the introduction of 4G, it used to be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were talking about 4G, and it took five, well, around five years um, to see what you really can do, could do with 5G. And right. I think that's uh, uh, 4G. 4G, 4G right. In this case. Yes, and this will happen to 5G as well. Means yes. We will see the, the technology, what's coming up. We will see the opportunities. We will talk about all the ideas. We will do it with the biggest fantasy we have. Mm-hmm. And we will, we will see many new players in the market, like industry uh, companies on, on their own as an operator right. um, in their separated business. But the real case, and this is why, for what I'm very curious, um, we will see in two, three years um, what happens in the cities, what on the countryside. Mm-hmm. And what's the real benefit for the consumers despite you have HD and then whatever on your phone. Right. No, I, I think your point is um, extremely well made in that, it, that it, you know, it's not going to be a light switch. I mean, we're not going to wake up tomorrow morning and all of a sudden all the carriers will be 5G capable and, and uh, you'll run out. I wish. Uh, and I wish. I, I, we, we, well, I think, well, a lot of people wish that, but, but you know, the, the, the reality is that technology will move very quickly. You're right. If the infrastructure is not in place, if the devices are not in place to to uh, to access that infrastructure and uh, uh, without the appropriate level of carrier support, yeah. it doesn't yeah, mean Mark, a whole uh, lot. Don't, don't, yeah, Mark, don't get me wrong. It's, I mean, yeah, I, th- there are devices already. I have seen some devices already working, and then uh, I was talking to operators, and, and it's really amazing what they prepare, what they develop at the moment. Um, it's, it, it will change the connected world, definitely. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's no, no question. question. Right. There's no question it's, about that. But you know, man. And, well, I, I, think it, I think it's going to change the world in a, a lot of different ways. And, and, and that's probably one of the last questions I wanted to ask you is that, um, you know, there was a, a lot of hubbub here in the United States a few, um, two or three weeks ago. Apple announced a whole new suite of services around gaming and now they're going to they're going to be a, kind of like a Netflix like um, company with developing their own content. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a new all, they were they announced an expanded news service. You know, Google uh, did a similar thing in the gaming space where they're trying to really you know um, really you know rev up um, cloud based gaming with their Stadia announcement. But five G is going to help all of that because it's going to enable you know gaming is another area that I tend to um, uh, to uh, comprehend. And, you know, once 5G gets in place, and one of the features, of course, 5G has is that it, re- it dramatically reduces latency, which is the reason why, which is absolutely critical for online gaming. That's going to become a big, big deal. And, and, and my prediction is that gaming will become much more mainstream. It won't, it won't be the kind of the geeky, you know, it won't have the geeky reputation that um, gaming does with many, many consumers right now. But what, what's your thoughts on, on, on the Apple and Google announcements from a few weeks ago? Do, any thoughts about that in terms of the way it kind of might permeate um, uh, GPC? 
Uh, I'm not sure will it be a topic on GPC, but but you're definitely right about gaming in 5G. First mm -hmm. of all, uh, I totally agree. Um, the the other point is about the the content strategies of different companies, and that's a little bit for me not surprising, but it's mm -hmm. worth to evaluate. It's worth to evaluate. Right. Um, if if you if you're talking about content and content providing worldwide for for American companies, despite the home market, what opportunities do they have? Mm -hmm. The Chinese market is more or less closed. Right. Uh, the Japanese market is cultural wise. Yes. Why it's closed. True. It, it's a huge market, but there's a very different business culture, especially for Western countries. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> so it means outside of the US, you have the main market Europe. It's open now, right? Um, with with some other challenges like like data protection and then all this. So, mm -hmm. if you now look at, at Google uh, as one of the, the the leading companies or at Netflix, uh, this Europe is a very tough market for them mm -hmm. for two reasons. For two reasons or three maybe. Uh, one reason is that there are so many languages; so it's not that easy. Mm -hmm. um, Second is, and uh, maybe that's uh, more interesting, um, protection law, mm -hmm. uh, data law, data protection. And the third is the competition you have. You have so well funded by, by the public, uh, TV broadcasters, content producers for high quality content that you have invest huge amounts into high quality content as well. If you see Netflix, um, it's very tough for a lot of these content uh, providers to produce high quality content in a profitable way. Mm -hmm. That's the one side. On the other side, you have seen Google and others. They saw the, as, as long as it's good in their strategy to be a data mining company, let's say, mm -hmm. or a data driven company, um, what they, year by year tried to get they tried to get devices hardware right. at the same time to have this combined uh, product portfolio uh, if you look around the world you can only see sony as one of the most combined uh, industry conglomerates sony offers to you music film movies and hardware tv camera right. one, one stop shopping yeah one stop shopping PlayStation, so to speak. PlayStation, right. playstation don't forget this so right. no other company at the moment has this broad portfolio like sony can offer it's a very interesting thing mm -hmm. google google tried to get into the devices market very tough for them mm -hmm. netflix i don't know now it's uh, now it's um apple apple is a huge devices manufacturer, one of the best brands in the world for this, definitely. Mm -hmm. the, um, for them is the question, why should they invest so, okay, they have the money, we know. Uh, why should they invest in <laughs> content so right. much if it's so hard to get it in a profitable way? Mm -hmm. And the reason is they want to erect their own um, um, environment where they can cover all the devices right. and the content side. Right. Means for, for me, for myself, it's don't don't underestimate the devices market for Apple. It's and for all of the for, for a lot of other companies, it's a very profitable way, and it's often un underestimated by the success stories of the 
content and internet providers. Right. No, I, I agree with that. And you know, the the, the other and, dynamic you have is that you know Apple's devices, you know, the high end part of the, of the of the smartphone market is slowing down a bit. So they're trying to hedge their bet and totally going to right. other and going to other businesses they, too. They try to save this and have the other story on top. Mm-hmm. In the best case to save the consumers they have already, because they, they for the consumers is the easiest way to be in this owned in this in this uh, Apple environment itself. Right. We know it from Apple Music and. Um, I think it's it's smart for Apple. I don't know. It's it's the most profitable way for for the for the uh, content uh, providing itself. But for the company with all the devices, it's one of the smartest ways they can do. Right. Well, Jen, we, we are almost out of time. Um, I really do appreciate your calling, there, and I cannot wait to come out to Andalusia and, and see you again in person, and uh, and enjoy the wonderful event that you've uh, put together. Any closing thoughts on the event next week? I know you're probably going to be a very busy guy between now and uh, <laughs> and next Thursday. But any any parting words for the audience? I'm really happy that that we are that we have so many journalists, especially from the U.S. in this global media event and to, to see you there it's a real pleasure and much more important it's for us that you can bring all the news to the american market to your audience and um, i think we will surprise you with some of the announcements mm-hmm. your audience can be curious as well and on the other side and that's what one of the other effects of our global press conference this year in spain is we bring it together with the colleagues from around the world that you right. can meet colleagues from Japan, from Korea, from mm-hmm. Europe, of course, from Africa, from Australia to learn about stories from their market, from their right. consumers, from their technology innovations. And if you can bring all this back to your audience, to the US from this, and if we can combine it with a nice event, then we will be all happy. Thank you very much, Mark. Well, I, I think you'll, you, you will accomplish that, and uh, you know, I'm excited to be there. Once again, I wish you would pick a better location than Andalusia, Spain, but you and I, you can, I, can, I, and I can talk about that privately over a drink while I'm out there. But Jen, thanks again for taking the time out of your busy schedule to speak with me today, and thanks again to everyone for listening in on today's podcast. Please follow more insights and strategy on the usual social media suspects. That's Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And until next time, have a great weekend.